You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Such are my fears as I scribble with an ice-crusted pen on the eve before the world is reborn. Rashik watches hating me. The cavern lies above, pulsing. My fingers quiver, not from the cold. Tomorrow it will end. All right. Chapter 37. We, we've we heard that epigraph before. That was the last one that Ven read in one of the previous chapters where she was reading the book. And she's like, what? You know, the journal ends there. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so here we are. We're back to Doxon and Doxon is doing what he does best making Kelsier's dreams a reality. This guy is an absolute machine. He a well-oiled machine. He gets everything moving exactly how it needs to be. He has the incoming ska getting armed properly. He's divert he, he's even mentioning like, "Oh, we need to divert people from this warehouse to the next one. We're almost out of weapons." Like he is keeping everything moving very well. And he even mentions that Gorodel, who was a palace guard who seemingly switched sides, is helping him by going in and out of Kredik Shah, spying and trying to look for Vin. And Gorodel comes back with some terrible news, which is Vin has been captured and is in the dungeons. And Doxin wants terribly to go save her. But he realizes, Vin, you got that. You got yourself into that. And right now, we need to be able to secure our flanks. We need to be able to eliminate the rest of the great houses before we march on the palace because we don't want anyone coming up behind us when we start our final assault. So they want to save Vin, but in his own words, we don't have time. We don't have time to save her yet. And the rebels bring this hooded figure, you know, someone who surrendered himself, Ellen, to Doxin. And Ellen begins to beg Doxin to listen to him. And he, he kind of explains what you talked about in the previous chapter a lot, which was, listen, I've literally done nothing but study this. What's happening right now is going to go bad. Y'all are going to ultimately fail, not because you fail to kill everyone, but because you're going to have no control over anybody or anything, and your rebellion's eventually going to start cannibalizing itself. It's going to start, they're going to start fighting. Once they have no more enemies, there's going to be no structure in place, and you're going to start fighting each other for what's left. This needs to stop. You need to get control over people. You need to not slow slaughter the noblemen. Slobold the nobleman. And he's like, oh, well, of course, you're going to tell me to do that. And he's like, listen, they're just going to hold up inside their own keeps and protect themselves. Yep. They're not going to attack you. And even Doxin admits, that's true. That's a like, good point. Yeah, they're not going to attack us. They're so scared about what's going on now. They wouldn't win even if they did attack. Right, right. And he's just saying, listen, if you just ignore the noblemen, let them hide in their keeps, okay? They're not going to attack you. And after this is all said and done, and after you've taken over, right, you have no knowledge of the trade. That's never been what the Ska have a had access to. You will have all the power, but what you will have are a bunch of noble houses who understand the economy of the final empire. And you can probably, he says to them, he, Ellen wants to work together, but he tells them, you can essentially force them in and assimilate them, right? You can force them into to, to keeping everything running for you. And Doxon's like, well, you know, maybe that works, maybe that won't work. And he, or Ellen goes, how about Valette? Find Valette. She'll tell you I'm a good person. And he goes, well, Vin, Doxin, you know, well, Vin is captured right now in the, in, in Kredik Shah. And 
you know, we basically, he goes like, we know all about you already, <laughs> Ellen, but she's captured and it, he, you know, we're left with like Ellen's Pikachu face and we cut to Vin's point of view again. And Vin's being thrown back into her cells and the Inquisitor is just messing with her. It's like, we're going to torture you a lot longer because your brother, we learned a lot from your brother. We learned not to give up early. And Vin's like, what do you mean? And he, Carr explains how Reen was, Reen never left. He was captured. Reen was taken by the Steel Ministry and Reen did not break. He did not give Vin up. He He died screaming, promising that Vin had died of starvation. And so with that, like, Reen, okay, Reen's not a good guy. We've gone back and forth. We talked about, oh, is it, you know, we could be. He he was abusive, but in the end, he had Vin's back. He did not betray her. Like he promised, yeah. he did not do it. Indeed. So, the Inquisitors learned, we're, we know now that there there do exist people who can resist us, and we're very good at what we do. But they, they, they kind of humble themselves, and they go, we realize that there are people who can, can resist our torture, but we know a way to get around that. And they bring in this naked, beaten man, this eunuch. They bring in Sazed and toss him into the, the into the cell next to hers and says, think about everything we could possibly do to you. We're going to do it to him instead. and We're going to take our time and make sure he does not die until you give us the answers. And we can, we can see it. We can see just how Vin reacts. Vin will break. Vin will make it stop. Vin mm-hmm. would not is not going to let Sazed go through that. Mm-hmm. And so the Inquisitor just goes, all right, well, you uh, you think about that, and we'll be back in a little bit. I need to go claim my prize. And Carr leaves to go to the ceremony to officially be given control over... Basically the Empire. Yeah, basically. And Vin's mad at Caesar. I'm mad at Caesar. Like, Caesar, what the heck? What are you <laughs> doing here? And he's like, well, I came in to help you, you know? Just like, again, you know, he says, I made a vow to Kelsier that I'm going to protect you. And this is so sad seeing this because Sazed was talking to her saying how he was going to go because he can't, he can't afford to let the information that he has die with him. He needs to pass it on. And he can't give his metal minds to anyone because they can't use them. They can't use them. He has to pass on the information physically or by word of mouth and he says in his mind, he goes, well, I guess we're going to take the chance. And he goes after Vin. Well, Vin is completely just naked. Or Vin says it is naked, has nothing on him. He doesn't even have his, any metal on him. He's just completely bare. Yet we see him start to grow and get bigger. And it describes how like, Sazed, this scrawny, long, lengthy... When I think of Sazed, I think of, you know, just a very tall and lengthy gentleman. I think I said I think I said in a previous chapter, and I'm going to use it here again, think like an NBA basketball player, but without muscle definition. Right, just right. Just tall and lengthy. And that he grows, and he becomes incredibly muscular, and he breaks the door... Like, he breaks open the cell and breaks the door open and saves them both. And she's like, Sazed, how do you do that? You don't have any... You don't even have any... Any metal. Any metal. He goes, no, I, I took one from your book. He goes, I ate my metal. He swallowed him. So he swallowed some some metal that he's pulling energy from. And here's a little, I jumped ahead because I got super excited at that point. But I jumped ahead a little bit. 
what he did before though was he he shrank down to almost skeletal in nature, lost all muscle mass, and we learn that he's actually storing strength there for a second, and then he uses it and breaks everything, breaks down the cell and, and, and escapes out, and he begs Vin, he tells Vin, hey listen, I swallowed like a ring or something like that. I barely it barely has any energy in it. I'm out, and you need to leave me because when he's when he went back to being normal. He was still incredibly beaten. He was beaten terribly by the, the Steel Inquisitors. And so he can barely hobble right now. And he's like, I don't have the energy. I don't have any ability here. You just need to leave me. And Vin's like, that's not going to happen. And these soldiers, just normal soldiers from the from the, pal- from the palace guard, come in. And Vin realizes that she's going to have to fight them with no medals. And she starts. And you even see, I, there's a sad moment. This moment, it, it was so sad when I read it. That right before she starts the fight, she grabs the, the, the knives, the torturer's knives off the table and looks back and says it's just like a husk of a skeleton because he's trying desperately to store a little bit of strength to try to fight. And she's like, he's not going to make it in time. Like, there's there's going to be nothing there. And so she starts to fight them. And this another group of soldiers comes in at like the last second. And they're led by Goradel and Elland. And they're like, hey, like we're taking them with us. And it's like, nope, it's not going to happen. And Gordon and Ellen, his soldiers, they start to fight as the other soldiers kind of get, in, you know, they have this like mosh pit of soldiers fighting each other. And Vin comes out and starts fighting as well. And she's like, man, something needs to change because Ellen's soldiers, while they have their back to the wall, they're not going to be able to fight them all off. And even Ellen, dude, he's a, he's a scholar. She even points out that he barely knows how to handle the sword that's in his hand. Dueling cane, I think. I, I think it came a sword at some point. I think he picked a sword. Maybe up. so. But but yeah, he can barely handle what's what he's using right now. And Vin goes, Vin lucks out and was like, oh, she spots her mist cloak. And there's still the metals inside of it. So she grabs her mist cloak, cons- uh, ingests the metals, and easily handles the guards at that point. Easily handles the situation. And Ellen's like, oh, oh, um, a mist board. Um... You know, it's usually polite to tell people about that. Yeah, it's just normally <laughs> polite to mention that you're a Mistborn. And Vin is just over the moon. She even says, like, no one's ever come back for her. And so she's just excited over the like, just super excited because, like, everyone, you know, up to this point, she just learned that Rain didn't leave her and betray her. But up to this point, she felt like Kelsier left her and betrayed her. Reen had left her and betrayed her before she realized that. Everyone always leaves. No one comes back. And she's like, well, Reen didn't even betray me. And Ellen came back after he left. So she's just super happy about that. And she's just like, listen, I have to go do this. I have to go confront the Lord Ruler. And Ellen's like, uh, what? What now? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And Vin puts on, a, you know, she finds in, in, in her setup, she finds her mother's earring. She puts that on and she's like, I'm ready. Like, I got to go. I got to go fight this guy. And Stacey's like, uh, no, you. Uh, OK, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Ellen's like, no, you really shouldn't. And Stacey's like, I'm not going to stop you because I think you're right, Vin. Like, if we want any chance of this rebellion actually taking hold, you need to fight the Lord Ruler. And I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to. I'm going to say. I'm going to make sure Ellen gets away safely, and then I'm going to come back to help you. And Vin's like, "Don't worry. I think I know how to do it." And that's where we're left at the end of this chapter. So first off, I'm going to be. A, I'm going to be a little bit of a, a thorn in everyone's side, 
she does tell Ellen that um, no one's ever come back. But you know who has come back? Our listeners. They come back all the time. And you need to make sure that you share with people and let everyone know that we exist. And give us a follow so you can keep coming back. And give us a rating so people know that we are who we are. Thank you for everyone who who has come back. Yes, thank you. But no, for real. Ben says that no one's ever come back. Um, And it says it's sitting there like, am I a joke to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... <coughs> <coughs> First off, oh, man. first off, I'm literally standing right behind you, Vin. Second off, who saved you last time when the Steel Inquisitor was about to dude, kill you? Sazed is the real, <laughs> the real homie here. Come on, <laughs> dude. Sazed, Sazed is forever. Ugh. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I know what. Now I'm going to make a Rust posting meme about that. Ellen sitting here like, is he just your terrorist? Like he's just my. Ter- he's the best terrorist. <laughs> yes. No one's ever come back. No one. Not a single person as as says is like, uh, yeah, 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 just a skeleton <laughs> back there. So, and a, in a real moment though, like when I, I kind of mentioned already, that was a sad picture for me because think about it, man. Like, this guy is literally beaten, beaten to to his limits, and is like storing, trying to store strength as the soldiers rush in on them, and I'm just like, oh, that's so awful. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people trying to be we, we, be martyrs today. We see the limiting factor of Farrakimi that Kelsier points out. Right. Because we up to this point, you know, I was blown away by the fact that Sazed was like, just casually was like, yeah, I punched the Steel Inquisitor so hard his bones broke. Like, that's crazy to me. But then if you look at this... But now where, you see him Hulk out. Yeah, you, you see him Hulk out and everything. But you see, like, Vin. Vin had nothing and just had to find some metal and was like, bam, I'm super duper powerful. Right. And, like, Pharaoh Kimmy, you have to spend so much time weak to be like that. Right, right. And so, you know, we, we got to at least... We got to see that. And it was a it was a pretty cool deal. Like, say he was able to sneak in, you know, by by hiding his metal mines. And it's perfect because... You'd think like, where would he? How would he be able be able to get metal binds through? Oh, you can't sense them when they're inside of you. Mm, yeah. You know? So he, of course, a piercing's not going to get through or anything like that. So that makes makes a lot of sense. Um, little, you know, little little Ellen X Machina. You know, like okay, so he was able to get through, you know, wherever he was, and they'd be able to come in. I guess we don't really know the timeline between when he talked to Doxen and when he when he came in to save Ven. Um, so that could have been yeah. way beforehand. One thing that I think movies do a bad job of, um, unless they're very strict with their timeline and everything, um, and something that was kind of hard to keep track of here, something we needed to realize was that this rebellion has been going on for several hours at this right, point. It's right. been going on for a long time. Vin had gotten knocked out and woke back up. And that, right. that isn't just something that just happens. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a long time. There, I mean, there was definitely going to be some time between there. Um, and so, but it's still, it was kind of funny, but it makes, but this is one of the things that wraps around. You go, how would Ellen know exactly where to go? Um, hello. Gordell. Because Vin chose not to kill that guard. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason they even know where Vin is. He didn't kill the guard and he turned coat and he's been basically spying for Docs in this entire time, keeping an eye on Vin. And then she he was able to get Ellen in and take him directly to where she would be. Right, right. And so it's like, this is all like, again, it's like one of those details that you can kind of miss up front that became a huge deal later on. Um, it, this was a really fast-paced uh, chapter. There's like a lot that does happen, but a lot of it is like, you know, just kind of the exciting details that we discussed so far. Reen. 
Okay, Reen. That's right. The justice for Reen. This is the thing. So we were going to talk about, like, is Reen a good guy? Okay, well, he probably mm-hmm. is abusive. You know, there's that. But here's the thing. Homeboy is was a kid, essentially. Yeah. Took his kid sister. Saved her from being murdered by her, by their own mother. By murdered by her own mother. Protected her throughout her whole life. And probably wasn't in the most, like, awesome household and probably it was like the only way i know how to protect this girl is to physically punish her and make sure she understands like there is no there's no leeway here him beating her is the the lesser of the evils compared to what would happen to her if she didn't and think about this this. he's a kid and what is he gonna think everyone's gonna betray you everything yeah his life was probably like that like his his own mother betrayed them i mean his own mother like killed you know his sister and was gonna probably kill vin um i mean these are all things that he he's 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 in a terrible fight he's teaching her as best he can you know yeah and this is the thing is I'm, i'm not trying to like you know forgive that 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 kind of behavior necessarily but it's to say like in the end he didn't betray her. Yeah. He went, we under, we know that Inquisitor torture is insane. Like really, really, really bad. And he went through it for a long time. Think about it. Marsh broke. Right. We know because they went after Lord Renew. Marsh broke. And this kid didn't. Right. And it was all to protect this sister. And all he had to do is just get, give her up. I mean, he had, I mean, he, other than being his sister, I mean, she was super young, like, you know, he would have been perfectly within his rights, probably as far as he knew and everyone else knew, to be like, "Yep, yeah, uh, she's there. She she's right over there, and I know exactly where she is. I'll take her to take you to her, like right now, and I'll tell you that he is her father. Like I know that for a fact. Like I can tell you all of that stuff." Um, and he just didn't. And this kind of like turns Reen, as we know, on his head, like. Yeah, because so here's the thing. I think what's hard here is, you know, we said the justice for Reen thing. One of those things when you think about this is it's kind of like you said. You can't forgive what it was, but you can understand completely. Right. Like, I'm doing some like speaker of the dead for the dead thing. You yeah. Know? What like what? Yeah. What could you expect? You know what? What type of like you said? He's at an impressionable, 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 impressionable. I'm not going to talk anymore about that. <laughs> but he's at that age, and based on everything that was fed to him, his mom, his own mother betrayed him. Of course, any if he's trying to survive in thieving crews, they're going to betray you on a moment's notice to save their own skin. Everything here makes sense, and it's just like it's it's another like sad fact here. You know, this entire time, you know, Vin's been hearing his voice in the back of her head, and she's sitting here like, like, like. What? It, like, it wasn't even that case. Well, it's interesting because he's like, it, she says like she loves him still and she cares for him and she, you know, even appreciated it even though she was beating her or whatever. And what's interesting is she, she kind of gives people a pass, you know, throughout the early chapters of the book. Like, I think um, when that one guy betrayed her, uh, Ulif. Yeah, he was, um, he was like, oh, that's, I go. That's she's whatever. like, you know what? That's, that's just how things That's my go. fault. You know, I screwed up basically. Yeah. And everything was like her fault and she kind of let it go. And, but what's funny is like, she doesn't, she kind of does that for Reen, but she doesn't really like, she goes like, well, Reen taught me, Reen beat me, Reen did this, you know, whatever. She never, she never, she doesn't like think through and forgive him necessarily. She just says, I love him because he's my brother, basically. Um, That's what he tells Kelsier. 
But like here we get a like whole different picture of green. Like you would you would think like this guy, of course, this guy who says these things, who does these things, of course, like in the end, he's just going to bail on her, you know. But that's uh, for the first like several chapters. That's all we hear about him was that he left you. He abandoned you. He left you here alone. And that was it, you know. And we never figure out why. Cayman basically says, oh, he owed me something and he tried to get away from that debt or whatever. Um, and that was why he you know, ultimately ran away. But we don't really hear any details of it. Well, now we know, no, he, he got poached by a, an inquisitor and got tortured to death and no one knew about it. So, I mean, we're, we're going to kind of hopefully be able to see like some development of all of that. But right now, the big thing is, is that Vin is now on her way to confront the Lord Ruler, and we are about to get to the epic conclusion of the final empire. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.